Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Happy spring, everyone. I'm really excited today for this episode, but I just wanted to talk about a couple things that are going on in the GGC world. Spring. Hello. So excited. I'm here in Salem, Massachusetts, and it has been cold. And actually, while I'm recording this, it's still really, really cold, but can't wait till spring. Really, really just looking forward to being outside and soaking in the sun and just experiencing life in New England because it's been a little bit crazy, you know, with winter (laughs) being very in my house and obviously the COVID spike again during the winter. So that's a little personal update for me. Just looking forward to spreading my wings. If you follow me on Instagram also, I am newly engaged to my lovely partner, Matthew, and going to start diving into some wedding planning. So those are my updates. Those are my personal updates. I just wanted to share with you. In the GGC world, what is going on? We have our events coming up. So we have our Oakland Craft Fair. That's May 7th at Oakland Scottish Rite, which is the venue that we always work with. We love it. It's going to be very magical. And our first Salem Craft Fair, May 22nd. So that is in the heart of Salem, Massachusetts. It's going to be indoor and outdoor. So it'll be outdoor at Derby Square and inside upstairs at Old Town Hall. And it just fills my heart that all these Salem, New England people didn't know about us and they are taking a chance on our amazing event. And that just feels really good to be able to expand out here. So if you're in either space and apps are closed at this point, but if you're in either space and want to attend, I highly suggest you come to these events and you can RSVP at girlgangcraft.com slash events. We also have some new apparel products out and they're out today. Today is April 7th here on the podcast. So they are out. We have our small biz owner sweatshirt. We have a small biz owner hat and those are deliciously yummy with the opportunity to share what you do with the world. So maybe you're at the grocery store and someone, okay, small biz owner. Oh, okay. What is it that you do? And then you're going to have your elevator pitch ready to go. And you're going to tell them about your business. Maybe you even have a business card on hand and you're going to hand it to them. And these real life connections matter. These are going to the people who remember these interactions. And if they're an ideal client, they're going to stick around. So I highly encourage you to check out that apparel. We also have our find joy shirt, which is coming out. And that is a shirt that was inspired by my desire to find joy again, my desire to find hobbies and find activities that really light me up. 
and it's perfect for spring. Kind of like a vintage, colorful vibe, really good to pair with, you know, any sort of bottoms, maybe another colorful bottom or layer, whatever. So I highly suggest you check out our products, girlgangcraft.com slash shop, and we'll have them in person. I guess this is launching a little bit after Renegade, so you won't be able to go back in time and purchase them there, but we'll have them online starting now. And of course, at our in-person events on both coasts and hoping to do some other Boston oriented events as a vendor ourselves. So thank you for listening to my little update. Really excited for this episode and just excited for spring and this journey here in a new space. So thank you for tuning in. I'm very grateful for you all. And If you have a moment, if you could review the podcast at the end of this, that would be really super amazing. That's how we get our podcast in new entrepreneur hands and help make a difference. Okay, we'll start the episode now. Hello, creatives. Welcome to Girl Gang Craft, the podcast. I'm really excited today. We have an amazing marketing expert joining us today. Her name is Katrina Aronson, and I'll let her introduce herself. Welcome to the podcast, Katrina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped for this conversation. So quickly, a little bit about me. I am a marketing-led business coach. My zone of genius is marketing, and especially for small businesses. I come from the product-based world. I now work in the service-based world. And I basically teach people how to do the marketing side of their business. But as an entrepreneur, you know, there's a lot more to it than just the marketing. So that's where the business coaching comes in. So I love working with female entrepreneurs who are really up-leveling from where they are, are in a place where they want to grow their business, but they don't know how the hell to do that. So that is who I am. That is what I do. I'm also a mommy and a yogi and... I love French fries. Whenever people ask me what I love, that's my answer. I just love French fries. (laughs) I love it. Well, welcome. And thank you so much for joining us. So what do you offer then? Go over your offerings with us. Are you doing sort of group coaching? Are you doing individual? Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about your current programs. Yeah. So I started doing one-on-one coaching. That's how I started my practice. A lot of people do. And I have branched into, I do a little bit of one-on-one, but a lot more of my service is through group coaching, which I fully believe in. If you're looking for coaching, it's okay to start with one-on-one, but I highly recommend finding yourself with a group. And why do you say that? Because of the community aspect or? There's so many reasons. And I think people fear that because a lot of what I hear is I'm not ready for group coaching. But if you kind of dig into why, it's because they feel like a beginner. They feel like an imposter, all the things that come up for us entrepreneurs. But in group coaching, you're going to get a community. You're going to hear everyone else's problems because the fact of it is we don't know what we don't know. We really don't. And as you are peeling back this onion that is entrepreneurship, you're going to figure out so much stuff along the way. So if you're in a group with someone who's two steps ahead of you, you are going to learn what they are going through and you really get to go behind the scenes of their business because it is a super vulnerable experience. So it's been really life-changing for me to be part of a group and it's incredible to lead one as well. I love that. And it is so true that you can learn from everyone. And we're all in different steps of our businesses and all of our businesses vary so much that you can get information and learn from 
really whoever is beside you. So I think that inside look can be really potent to sort of see mechanisms and, you know, even just emotional aspects or what they're bringing to the table, et cetera. So I I agree. I think that's a really cool part. One other part to it is too, you just hit on, you know, someone might have a product-based business, but you're service-based and you assume like they don't have anything in common, but at the end of the day, business is business right? So, and you see that something is working for them. And if you are in a group, you get to ask them all the questions, right? Like where else do we have that safe space to do that? So it is pretty incredible. If you see, Hey, you know, this program of yours did really well. She's going to tell you, this is how much money it brought in. This is how much I spent. I mean, I don't know in what other space you can really ask those very private questions, perhaps a mastermind. I mean, that's really the only other space I know of. Yeah. And I think that sharing of information is so important. I think, you know, there's a lot of sort of gatekeeping in our world, but there's also a lot of sort of beautiful community sharing. And so I'm definitely on the side of, I'll share all my things with you. If you share all your things with me. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, you know, some valuable insight there for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Tell us how you got into this entrepreneurship and business and marketing coaching. You have a background in finance and jewelry design, and you ran a brick and mortar. So can you lead our audience through a little bit of your journey thus far? Sure. I'm probably just like her in that I had a cushy job with a steady paycheck and I worked in corporate finance and I always had a passion for being an entrepreneur ever since I was a kid. I always knew this was my route. I just didn't know exactly what that shape was until adulthood. I first launched a jewelry line. I always had like a thing for fashion and quickly thereafter opened a brick and mortar store, which was incredibly fulfilling. I thought it was going to be my forever, but what I came to find was the life of retail and how that kind of grows meant I was going to have to have multiple spaces, physical spaces. And that was really exhausting. At the time, I had little kids and I knew that I just didn't have that kind of energy in me. So I started really paying attention, which is as entrepreneurs, we know really, really important. And people were asking me all the time to help them with their business. They had ideas. They wanted to launch. They wanted to grow their current business and didn't know how to do that. And I had no idea that coaching was an industry. I just wanted to help other entrepreneurs. So I began consulting and that's really where everything started for me. So I was already an entrepreneur, but I really took that into, okay, how do I help you grow? First, it was brick and mortars and makers, and it kind of branched from there. It was so fulfilling. And I knew this would be my actual forever, you know, whatever that means for this phase. And I couldn't have done what I am doing now had I not had my previous two businesses, right? All of that experience, all of the mistakes, which I made so many incredibly expensive mistakes. So this is how I got to where I am now. And I mean, I wouldn't change one second of it. It's been incredible and hard, but incredible. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I also agree running a product-based business first, and I guess we're still running a product-based business Mm -hmm. as well, but moving into the service base, I mean, 
you learn so much from those different variations of business. So it is really cool to see what comes from those things. Mm -hmm. But let's back up a little bit. So how did you quit your finance job to start a jewelry design? What was a little bit of that transition? Because I know that's sort of, that's an experience of a lot of people that in our community right now, working the nine to five, wanting to get out of it, doing the hustle, the side hustle, which debatable. I don't know if I like that word anymore, but you know, how do you make that leap and how do you trust that process? And did you have a nest egg and all of those questions? Really great questions. So first of all, I was terrified. We want to tie that up in a pretty bow and say, I knew that it was right. And look, I did a lot of working in this job when I didn't want to anymore. I also went back to school. So I was taking classes after work. I was doing a lot of stuff on the weekends. I actually took a job at a retail store. So I worked at a pretty big corporation in finance. And then I would work on the weekends at a retail store, which my family thought I was crazy. What are you doing? But I knew I needed to know deep down in my soul. I needed that knowing that this was where I wanted to go. So once I had that, okay, this is definitely the place for me to go, I found myself a mentor. And it was through working for this mentor that I found, okay, this is the path I want to take. It's going to be terrifying, but it was not just her words of encouragement. It was knowing that I could pick her brain and really ask her a lot of the hard questions. So that was very helpful. I also had built a nest egg for myself and my husband was still working in his nine to five. So that obviously helps a lot. So it was a lot less scary because I knew there was savings. I knew there was, we were going to be okay. I gave myself a window in between all of this. I had babies and I was still working and it was messy AF really hard. And you're talking to me now, eight and a half years into this journey. So at year one, I did not know if this was going to work, but I just kept showing up and doing the next thing and saying yes, until I really got the courage to say, this is what I do. Right. And that was the day that I really became the CEO of my business. But I don't want anyone to think It was ever an easy decision. There was lots of times where I said, maybe I'll just stay for another six months. Maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll keep, you have to take all these tests in finance. Maybe I'll keep those tests up to date in case I go back, right? I always felt like there's no way that this is going to happen until I really started believing. And that took a lot of work to get there. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the jewelry business? Mm -hmm. Sure. So jewelry was never my deep passion, but it always felt like a segue into fashion. And I learned a lot about it, as I mentioned, through my mentor. She owned a boutique, which is what I know I needed to do. But opening the boutique felt like a huge investment as opposed to starting with jewelry, which is what I did. And I could sell wholesale and also sell direct to the consumer. So that's what we did. And after about a year and a half of doing that and realizing, okay, people actually do like this and I am making sales, I felt like it was time for us to open a boutique. The boutique, the next step, 
carried the line in there, but we also had a lot of other stuff in there, a lot of clothes and gifts and, but it wasn't my designs. So the jewelry was the only thing that was my design. So it was a great way for me to get my foot in the door of the fashion world, have a reason to speak to these people that were in that world and do something that was aligned, right? So, and I really love this for anyone who feels like they have this big dream and it's really scary. If there's a stepping stone that you can take that feels more manageable, you know, confidence comes from you actually doing things and seeing results. That's it. So how can you get those results that don't feel as big and scary? And that's really what the jewelry line was all about. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, what do you love about entrepreneurship? Why are you an entrepreneur? I feel like being an entrepreneur is a personality type. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. (laughs) So I have always been this way. I am an Enneagram three, if that means anything to you. I am always on a proverbial, (laughs) you are too. A lot of entrepreneurs are threes. So perhaps there's threes that are listening to this as well. I've always pushed myself. It's like this internal thing that I want to do. I don't do well with authority, which, you know, that has its pros and cons. And I just don't do well with the ceiling, right? So working in the corporate world was a means to an end for me. And I always knew there was something bigger and I needed to be in control of that. Now that is also a very scary thing to be in control of that, but that's where my fulfillment comes from. It truly comes from being, I need to be able to be creative. I need to be able to craft my own offers. I need to be able to speak to people the way that I want to speak to them, not the way anyone else wants me to speak to them. I love I guess the idea that any day can be the way that I want it to be. There is so much beauty in that. And really my husband is the total opposite. He is like, I love my structure. I love my days to look exactly the same. He knows what his work life is going to be like always. And for me, like it a certain way for a little while. And then I like the ability to shake it up. So, yeah. That all really resonates with me. That's very much my personal experience too. I mean, I always used to think that I had better ideas than my bosses, you know? (laughs) I mean, you know, not to mention like the misogynistic men I worked for, but yeah, I love all that. Those are really great reasons to start your own Mm -hmm. business. The flexibility, the control, Mm -hmm. also a Virgo here. So I like the control. (laughs) Just being able to take a day off if you're you know, not feeling well or sad, or even the opposite. If you're super happy and you want to go take a me day, you know, I love that ability as well. And that's a really powerful way to craft your, you know, personal life beyond your business too. Absolutely. Mondays are my CEO days and Fridays. (laughs) I love Mondays. And I feel like it's like such a (laughs) bummer when people say they work in corporate world and like, Oh, I hate Mondays. And For us, it gets to be a gift, right? I have two kids. They go to school. I get my own time. I get to zone into what I do the way I really want to, right? Which might be like spread out on the floor with tons of magazines and crafting and whatever it is for me that day, which I always plan out. And there's always like a strategy behind it, but it's pretty cool that we get to actually build it the way it feels good to our personal being as opposed to someone else telling us what to do. So you mentioned Monday's your CEO day. Does that mean you do themed days? 
It depends. It depends on what's going on in my business. So I have a podcast as well. So there's a lot of content creation for that stuff. And sometimes we go off for the season. So I might not be content creating, but I might be, you know, doing collaborations. It just totally depends on what's going on in my business at the time. Okay. And so what does your business look like today? Do you have a team? Is it just you? Tell us a little bit about the structure because I know a lot of both are product-based businesses and service-based businesses, like the inside look. Yeah, for sure. Come inside. (laughs) So I, as I mentioned, had a brick and mortar, had a jewelry company, and I managed a lot of people. And it was really, although I loved the family that it created. It was a lot. And I realized, you know, if I'm going to step away from this life, I want to make a more concerted effort to go with what works for my personality. And for me, that means less overhead and less people. So I really believe in building a low overhead business if you can. For lots of reasons, like you said, I want to take a day off when I want to, and I never want to think like, oh God, I have to pay this person so, so and so, right? So I have three team members right now. I have someone who does a lot of my podcast stuff, and I have someone who does a lot of my copywriting and helps me with a lot of that stuff. And I have a VA that helps me do like the admin and, but I'm full on in the coaching. I don't have anyone who partners with me on that. And a lot of it's run on the back end. So I have a lot of systems in place, which really is a huge deal because when I didn't have the systems in place or running, I felt like I needed a huge team. But once you have the systems in place, you have your scheduling in place, you know this from the podcast and what you do, it's kind of like having your own mini assistants in each area. So it feels very manageable. I talk to them once a week each. I don't make my schedule full of meetings with them. Like I said, Mondays are my CEO days. So I make meetings with each of them, usually on Mondays, depending on what's going on. But usually Mondays, we'll talk for 20 minutes. I'm not a micromanager at all. It's take responsibility and go. And it feels really good for me because we'll check in. They like to use Asana. I'm not very good at checking my Asana, but we check in with each other over Voxer, you know, so I have systems with them that we follow that holds them accountable for their jobs. But at the end of the day, for my business, it's pretty simple. It's really just about how do I show up for my marketing? And then how do I show up in my coaching business? We're just going to take a quick break to get to one of our sponsors. And wow, the sponsor is so on brand, y'all. So let's hear from Let's Make Art. Let's Make Art is a revolutionary crafting company that aims to help everyone to channel their inner artist, whether they are three or 63. With the assortment of products and subscription offers, there is endless opportunity, fun, and access to easy to understand tutorials and resources for everyone to learn a craft or take up a hobby. Anyone can have art supplies delivered right to their door in the form of monthly subscriptions, project kits, and supplies for a variety of activities. So there is stuff for kids. Kids can learn art and lettering from professional kids art instructors. I know a lot of you are already creatives and makers, but it's a really cool opportunity to step outside your current medium. I know I've been taking ceramics, which is not my you know known medium. I'm a painter and a printmaker and an illustrator. 
And it's a really cool opportunity to take the pressure off and have a little bit more fun. So with Let's Make Art, you can also try lettering, which is fascinating to me because my lettering is terrible. Start learning basic lettering techniques to get you more familiar with your abilities with hand lettering. There's also art journaling, watercolor art, and subscription boxes. So go check out Let's Make Art. Check out Let's Make Art today by going to our special link, zen.ai slash girlgangcraftthepod. That's zen.ai slash girlgangcraftthepod to get 20% off at checkout. Coupon code is activated at checkout, and we'll be sure to put this link in our show notes. Thank you for the inside look. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So you've talked about choosing marketing strategies for different business leader personalities. Can you expand on this? Yes. So I love this conversation. Like I said, I chose this business model because of my own personality. I don't necessarily want to manage people. It's the same thing in marketing. So some people will say, you know, I absolutely, I love going out to the community. I love the local based stuff. And there are a lot of ways to grow within a local community and then go out from there. So if that feels really true to who you are and it's something you would do anyway, it could be a really great way for you to, for example, for product based businesses, do pop up shops and really get your foot in the door with the right people in the community doing networking. You know, and I know with a lot of product based businesses, you have to do those things, but not really anymore with the online space, right? So I see people walking away from that, but saying, you know, but it's what I really like to do. Just because other people are sticking with the online space, not saying you shouldn't have an online presence, but that doesn't mean that's what you should do, right? And that's what that whole concept is about. What happens in marketing is we see what other people do. And then we decide, oh, I'm supposed to copy that. Whether that's something you realize you're doing or not, right? We hear someone else's podcast. We see someone on Instagram. We read their notes on Facebook and we think, okay, then I need to do that. So let's scrap everything that I'm doing and do it the way they're doing it. That's just not true. There's so many ways to have a successful business, truly. And so it's really building out not just I'm going to do pop-up shops, but building a whole strategy around that. If you're going to do pop-up shops and that feels really good for you, then making sure you're getting really good photography every time you do it, you're pitching to other things that are local, making sure that you're showing up in the right places that are local and connecting with the right parts of the community, right? So I don't mean just, let me just, you know, I like speaking. I'm only going to go public speaking. I mean, really thinking through the whole strategy for yourself, but really choosing what feels good for you. And the last part of that is it's not just about what feels good, but you light up when you're doing what feels good, you know? So when someone's speaking on stage and you can just see them on fire, it makes you say like, how can I work with this person? How can I get to know her more? So you know, our energy really comes through when we're doing what we love to do, as opposed to showing up on video when we hate it, right? Not that you shouldn't show up on video also, but it shouldn't be your main marketing if you absolutely hate doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying sort of just like, checking in with what parts of your business that you do like and what 
you don't and sort of that being the foot forward in the door with marketing. Yeah. And honestly, trying new things. We get, you know, we say like my business isn't growing and I'm doing everything, but are you, are you doing everything? Are you actually checking in with yourself? And if where you're showing up is just not making enough money, then you do have to level up. And that's what being an entrepreneur is. So trying something, seeing if it feels good. And if it is, it does feel good doubling down on it. Right. So, and that's a constant evolution as an entrepreneur. There's never going to be a day, which is good and bad, that you don't have to progress because the day you are stagnant and you just keep doing the same thing over and over, and that's it, your business will eventually die out doing that. Right. We have to evolve. Totally. I mean, we have to evolve with all the, Mm-hmm. The rest with whatever else is going on, for instance, social yeah. media, right? Totally. Yeah. And trying new things too. And like sometimes these things surprise you. Like, okay, I do have a theater background. I do, you know, understand performance, but I thought I was going to really hate reels. And I thought I was going to hate the editing of reels. Mm-hmm. And actually, I really have been enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And So, I mean, you know, trying something new, you might figure out that actually that can be potent for you. And obviously reels are a great way to bring in new customers right now. And even figuring out what you didn't like, like I actually like really thought I enjoyed doing social media Mm. and I just hired someone for social media, Amanda, who's amazing and has literally changed my life because Obviously I'm still involved with social media because I'm doing all the reels. We're talking about content, but I'm not doing like the puzzle piecing of posting each day and writing captions. And I, you know, that was actually the thing that was draining me. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. Like even all these things like can be broken apart even more and that can be a potential task to outsource. And so the longer that you stay in that space of being lit up, like you said, that's really powerful from both a marketing perspective. Well, from a marketing perspective, from a life perspective, and also from a money perspective too, because if you're outsourcing the things that drain you and you're hanging out in the places that really light you up a little bit more, those are the things that only you can do. And that's what can be special about your business and bring in revenue. Absolutely. And I think in the beginning, you know, we kind of have to do everything and that It's just generally how it is, right? Unless you're getting investors and stuff like that, we generally start kind of being a jack of all trades. And as you grow, the goal should really be, hey, here's the three places that I show up consistently because A, I have to, or B, it's really what lights me up, right? And then otherwise, it's outsourced. And when you get to that, I really call that kind of the pinnacle. That's when it feels really, really good. And you're truly just the CEO, but it is a long journey to that place. So it doesn't mean you have to outsource everything right now. Right. But the second you realize, Hey, social media is draining me. Let's make a goal here that in six months to eight months, you are outsourcing that. And what does that look like? You know, so what are you going to do with that extra time? So that's really the difference between someone who is thriving and someone who is surviving. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And from personal experience, oh my God, it feels so good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously I was in a move too, moving across the country. And so that really took a lot out of me this summer too. But in the six months that, I mean, also 
all my other team members have taken huge chunks away from me. You know, Gina's doing partnerships, Hannah's doing all the website stuff, which was absolutely something that was draining me, Mm -hmm. but particularly social media, because that took so much of my time. Oh my God. Like, Mm -hmm. wow. I have, I have space and time to Mm -hmm. do some of these things that no one else can actually do in my business and Mm -hmm. that I feel passionate about and excited about. And that flows to all of the other aspects of my life too, you know? Absolutely. It's amazing. (laughs) What I find too, and I'm sure you would agree with me on this is that we tend to get out of the scarcity mindset, the more kind of space that we have, right? Really believe in the just because you can doesn't mean you should. And the second you really remove yourself from all of the things and you actually have that white space, meaning literally, you know, 20 minutes a day where you can sit down and craft out, okay, this is my goal for this week, or it can be really small, but that is where the magic happens. It's in that small space that you can really push your business forward. And a lot of times in the beginning of entrepreneurship, especially we're doing so much that we don't have that space. So we're just kind of doing and doing and doing, and that's really exhausting and extremely overwhelming. And you don't, you know, I questioned myself a lot in the beginning, like, what did I get myself into? And is this really for me? And my ego would be depleted by the end of the day and all of it. Right. So, you know, I hate when people say like, just stick with it. But I think really the best thing there is where can you give yourself that alone time to really dedicate to where am I going from here? And what does that look like? It's so cliche, but it really does matter. And you're much more creative when you have the space to be creative too. A hundred percent. And like that stuff just comes in when you allow it to. And if you're on the hamster wheel, typing away, doing all your stuff, like you're not gonna take time to absorb and like get downloads, if you will, from your intuition about what to do. I mean, just in the bath the other day, and I have to be like gentle with myself too. Cause I'm like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm not supposed to think about work right now, but mm-hmm. also like you can sit there and let ideas come in, you know, even like showers and baths for me are a big one or driving, like, mm-hmm. you know, blasting some music and coming up with some good ideas and like quickly taking a voice memo of some ideas. Like it's like that in-between space and allowing yourself to have you know, a less frazzled in between space, there's really can be a lot of potential magic there. Mm -hmm. Totally. I love what you just said about the driving too, because, oh my gosh, there's times where I will drive longer than I actually am supposed to because of that. Right. So, and that is important too, because your white space might look like doing something, right. It could be working out. It could be whatever it is, but love what you just said. And the truth is as entrepreneurs, a lot of times when we're not supposed to be thinking about work, our work is our joy. A lot of times I love what I do and I bet you do too. So it's not like, Oh, this is draining me to think about. It's actually like really exciting to think about. I'm not thinking about the work I have to do. It's really allowing myself to be creative. And that's where like, you really do need the bath time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. Well, changing gears just a little bit, Mm -hmm. moving to some, you know, 
solutions and some tangible insights. Not that we have not had (laughs) tangible insights, but some solution-based things that I know that we can get from you, learn about from you. So I feel like a lot of our community feels like they're putting in the work, right? We talked about this social media, they're doing craft fairs, but they're not necessarily the increase in sales, Mm -hmm. especially online. Can you give us some tips how to boost sales? And I know you mentioned earlier, like maybe they're not actually doing everything. So what Mm -hmm. are those things that people can check in with their selves and figure out if that's an area that they can improve on? Yeah. So there's so many ways that we could go here, but I'm going to focus in on this thing that's happened really recently. And that is that we're just showing up on social media. I don't know when this became the only, but people think that a marketing strategy that will drive sales is just showing up constantly on social media. And while that does help to get people to discover you and maybe first time people in and nurturing your people here and there, because remember, a lot of people don't see what you post. It's not the end all. It's not. And if you really want to increase your sales, uh, (laughs) to that. (laughs) It's really about where else can you show up to, right? And building that strategy to where you actually ask for the sale, right? So, you know, everyone experienced the blackout the other day where Instagram went down. So that's a perfect thing to talk about. But email lists, like, it's not dead. It is not dead. I get probably 10 times my revenue on emails than I do from social media. And it kind of went the other way for a while, but it bounced back. So I don't know if that's like the algorithms or whatever. And I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't overanalyze email works. And you know, if you have a consistent email strategy, that's really, really powerful, but it's also spending the time to build that list. Like, I don't care what generation you are from. I hear all the time, like, oh, my people aren't on email. Then where are they? Okay. So it can't be just social media. It has to be like, how do we get directly to them? And if Instagram blacks out for a day or, you know, heaven forbids, it doesn't turn back on. Mm -hmm. Totally. Heart drop. What do we do? You need to have access to your customers. Yep. Yep direct access. And Mm -hmm. the other component to this is, and this is, let's hope the internet doesn't die in general, because then, (laughs) then we have a different problem. Yeah. Then we would all be, and I think the end of the world, (laughs) but the other thing is like with social media, we do this a ton, but where else can you do this where you're showing up face to cam because product-based or service-based, this is what people want now. And we talked about the evolution of marketing in general, But what we are doing as a society is we want to buy from people and it's always been that way. It's just so much more clear, right? So even if it's a product, it's who's behind the product. And the second you start really taking that in and not just showing us the necklaces that you make or the product that you make, whatever it is, it's talking us through the behind the scenes, who you are, your story, right? You know, I know we hear this all the time, but it is proven in all of the marketing stuff, the people that really show up as the face of their business and allow us to get to know them. There's the like, the no, the trust, right? That is going to increase your sales exponentially, right? But it's not one or the other. You can't just show up on camera. It's build the email list, show up on camera. So doing those things consistently. 
And what do you have to say for people who are shy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, when I first started, did not want to be face to cam ever. And pushing myself outside of my bounds was really hard. So I think this is a very normal thing for us to fear, but doing that inner work of really understanding why you fear it is really powerful too. A lot of times it just comes down to we're afraid of what other people think, right? And it could be a crazy story that you're telling yourself that like, oh my God, my aunt is going to see this, right? So really spending the time, we can do this in therapy. You can do this with a business coach. You can do this journaling. It doesn't matter, but get down to the bottom of it and really challenge yourself. If you are not showing up on video because you are worried about what your coworkers from your last job thought about you, then you need to understand that about yourself, right? And why? And then you can push yourself and know that is in there and face it a lot easier, right? Rather than it being this nebulous fear. And you will not die when you do it, right? And then you will prove to yourself that you can actually do this. So it is a step-by-step process. It is about becoming aware of it, but it is also knowing like you're not crazy. A lot of people go through this. And a lot of people do it. And a lot of people don't die. If you die from this, then please have someone contact me and I will, <laughs> I will help them through the grieving. Okay. Go but- haunt. Go haunt. <laughs> <Christine. laughs> yeah. So that's honestly the truth. It's not, I don't want to be harsh and say, get over it, but that's like kind of the end here is you do have to get over it. If you're going to be the CEO of the business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would have to agree. And you know, it's a practice. I'm not saying practice makes perfect because it doesn't practice makes continuous practice, but mm. you know, it's a skill that you learn. I mean, I didn't know how to make a reel a year ago, you know, and totally. I learned how to do it, you know, yeah. and it took a while for any of my videos to have any sort of traction. And fairly recently they did on both Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm you know, barely, but we're still going, we're still practicing Yeah, and having grace with yourself because your first few videos are not going to be good Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And just maybe going into it, knowing about it. And, you know, as you're a yogi too, you know, taking a moment to ground yourself before in whatever way that works for you can really get you in touch with your intuition and, you know, having tools, you need like a script or, not a script and actually just really knowing what you say and trusting that you were the expert about your business. So Mm -hmm. of course you have everything you need to know to talk about. So just trusting yourself that you're just going to speak from the heart can be really powerful also. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I mean, if you need those tangible pieces to what you just said is kind of like all the stuff that we know, having been through the fears and pushing through them, but those mini fears that are coming up, whether it's, oh my God, what if nobody shows up? How do you fix that problem? So maybe it's having a friend join the live. Okay. So something simple like that, that can just help you with that small fear. And, you know, a fear of mine when I was originally showing up was exactly what I just said. What if I have this masterclass and nobody comes, right? So I literally hired a VA to join the masterclass and ask questions because I was scared. No one was going to ask questions. It's brilliant. And it was that simple. And once I realized like, oh, it actually doesn't matter, but I didn't matter what you said. I did not believe you. Then I got through it. Right. And the second one, I actually didn't care. It was the scrappiest thing that I'd ever done. I way overproduced the first one to make it perfect because I was afraid. Right. So we overcompensate a lot of times. And I'm not saying that 
you shouldn't do the things that make you feel good. This is how I feel about everything in life. It's do what makes you feel good, but you have to be internally aware that that's what you're doing. So it's okay if you're saying, I'm going to hire this VA to come to the masterclass because I know this fear is ridiculous. So this is just going to push me forward. But don't perpetually do that in your business, right? Don't constantly do that check-in. Know that that's what you're doing. It's okay if it's what you're doing for this time, but it's just to push past your fear. I love that so much, but that's like a really tangible tip too. Like you can hire someone or tell a few friends about it and just like ask them to do the favor of being on it or asking your community to share whatever you're doing, you know, using tapping into your network. But I was going to say, you know, I'm still scared of people not showing up, you know, for our membership, a lot of people watch the recordings. And so they're not necessarily there for the live and the live people is what I thrive on. But every month I'm like, okay, I hope people show up to our membership tonight. You know, totally. and- you know what I did for that too. Sorry to take no, go ahead for my group coaching, because you can watch the recording later, but you know, to get coaching, it really is about showing up there. I actually gave a couple of people free access the first couple of times And the deal was you have to show up live, right? Mm. So I really gained so much from them just being there and their energy. And that was a really good way for me to kind of figure out why the hell I care so much about this. Yeah. So not saying that you have the same issues around it, but I recognize mine and that's how I resolved it during that period. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I like that. The other thing I was going to say is, you know, from yoga teaching, I was used to people not showing up, you know, especially when you're starting out as a yoga teacher, like, you know, you really have to delve into community to build up your class. And, you know, lots of times I would come to class and no one would be there or one person, which is almost more awkward, but then like that potent energy, like people love a solo yoga class. Oh my goodness. You know, they will rave about it afterwards. So, you know, getting over that fear as well. Like if zero people show up, okay, well then you get the night off. If one person shows up, you get to give them specialized attention. And most likely you will make that person a customer for life. So my gosh. Yes. And I love that example that you just gave, because what comes up for me there is like, it's all coming from the ego because if you flip it, right. That person who just got a solo experience is so happy. So you're really only upset because what it appears like to other people, right? 100%. Yeah. Oh my God. And as a business owner, it all comes back to the ego. Yeah. Yeah, It really does. Cause you are your business and your ego is going to get in the way continuously and you really have to overcome it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, wrapping up, I just would love your insight. And I know our audience would too. We're moving into the holiday season when this podcast goes live. What are some killer tips to a prepare for the holiday season and B make sure that you're getting your offer out in the world and receiving something back? Yes. So I love holiday time and I also hate it because we put this like insane pressure on ourselves. And a lot of times this is like the biggest time of the year. But what I would say to you now, it doesn't really matter when you're hearing this too, is focus in on your email list now so that you can actually tap people where they live and get the direct line to them because our social media channels are about to explode with things that people want you to buy. 
So it's going to be mm-hmm. so overly saturated if that's your only that's a great channel. point. Great point. Yeah. And our emails are too. The Facebook ads too, as well. Everything. I mean, An everything. Email. Yeah, totally. Emails are too, but I actually just did this whole research thing because I was trying to understand. This is like a couple of weeks ago, how much email has changed. And what we're seeing now is that so many people, I believe the stat was like 54% of people check their email first thing in the morning. Now I'm sure depending on their age, that would change. I thought it would be social media first thing in the morning, but social media was 14% of people. So if you take that home with you and you say like, I am going to send an email every single night. So that first thing in the morning, people are opening my email. And I don't mean once a week during the holiday season, I want you sending emails every single day, every two days, if that's super scary, every three days, but at least twice a week for the love of God, don't let your ego of I'm going to annoy them get in the way because people yes. followed you. They subscribed. It's so different than them. Saying, and if like, they unsubscribe then they're not your customer. Exactly. Exactly. And be okay with that. Yeah. 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 Oh, so lovely. Like we love an email list. It really is <laughs> potent and it's a really good opportunity to, you know, reach your customers in an Instagram blackout or mm-hmm. again, there's a special landing in someone's inbox is a little bit more special than landing on their feet. it's a little bit more personal. And yeah, I think that's a great tip. Don't be scared of annoying people. And that's, you know, that's some patriarchal bullshit also. So mm-hmm. let's be real there totally. uh, and some ego stuff too. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Katrina. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. This was so much yeah. fun and I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah. We'll tell our audience where they can find you. Okay, cool. So what I can do is just send you over like a really cool freebie that I have. If you don't, okay, awesome. We've been talking about content a lot. So I think the most relevant thing, if someone's just getting their email list growing is building out your content roadmap so that you're just not posting on social media, but you're actually growing from there. So that's really the best thing that, you know, I would want you to start with. I live on Instagram. That's my place. So Katrina Aronson underscore consulting is where you'll find me. And like I said, I'm marketing led. So it's anything marketing would be there. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Katrina. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.